0: 248 of The Sleeper and the Bus, it is your Sunday edition, and I am Paul Spohr, joined as always on Sundays by Mr. Jason Collette. Jason, how was your holiday weekend?
1: It was pretty awesome. I had uh, two parties to go to yesterday, lots of yard work today because the windows are being replaced in this household tomorrow, and I had to do a whole bunch of stuff to get ready for that. So it was, it was a three-day weekend, but it felt like a one-day weekend because it was combinations of fun and busy, just how I like it. Thanks. So this is how I'm wrapping up the weekend, and it's going straight to bed
0: afterwards. Uh, that, that's not a bad way. This is not a bad way, talking some baseball uh, for a while to, to wrap it up. But we're going to kind of freeform it here because uh, it, it is a holiday weekend. We've got some guys that we want to talk about, some news that is out there. Um, I'll tell you what we're probably not going to talk about, though, the All-Stars. We're probably not going to talk about those because – We
1: had a rant last year, though, didn't we?
0: Yeah, I think I think we did have First some rant. Two
1: years ago, one day we had a – got really crazy about
0: it but you know well. the, the 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 easiest rant that might have been there would have been you know if if so many jay uh raise excuse me jay's race royals had gotten in yes. but four it's not the end of the world um and the only one that is kind of maybe not the best because he's not like killing it this year would be escobar but who else would you put it short because short's terrible uh correa i was, was, I, was a 60 I was seriously yeah. gonna say that or A Rod, either one. Yes. I, I w- oh I would love A Rod there. Obviously if he had uh, a much better standing in the game, something like that maybe could have happened for one game. But that's just as not- long as the AL
1: just as long as AL wins so the rays have home field advantage, I'm
0: good. Oh, okay. That that, that makes sense. Uh, you do need that home field advantage uh, for, the, for the Rays. Um, I don't think my Tigers are going to be needing the home field advantage, but I'm, I'm not ruling out the season yet. I'm not putting a fork in it. Uh, let's start there though. Miguel Cabrera goes on the disabled list uh, with the with the quad strain there, and he's going to be down for about six weeks, and I believe it's calf strain. Excuse me. Um, so obviously this is devastating. Remember Miguel Cabrera came into the year and was a little bit discounted. He was almost like a mid late first rounder when he should have been. Loss. What?
1: Yeah, he certainly was. He yeah. was going tenth, uh, you it know, tenth in
0: some weeks. Some of these, some of these numbers that you were hearing, people get them at, uh, yeah, like ten and nine. They were just insane, um, you know. Be, but there was, there was concern. Now, it wasn't concern about this. This, this does not justify those people uh, on any level. This is a completely right. unrelated calf strain injury. Miguel Cabrera was doing Miguel Cabrera things, you know, top player in the league kind of stuff and uh you know he's just an amazing hitter and you know there's been some injuries these past couple of years they have kind of nagged him but this is actually his first time on this this excuse me on the disabled list in his career so not only is he an elite superstar on every level in terms of his play but he was also that guy that was out there every day you know we know Tulewitzki is a superstar because he's a great player and I I firmly believe that I still give him that superstar status but he's on the lower rung of superstars because you can't rely on him to be in the lineup every day Miguel Cabrera is literally in the lineup every single day his only real big miss were the fact that when he played 148 in 2013 he had to miss some games in September, um, which I guess probably could have qualified as a DL stint. I think there were enough in there. But in September, you don't have to do it. So this is actually his first time. Obviously, there's no way to replace him. But you're, if you if you have him, there's a good chance you're contending. What do you do, Jason? What do you do? Yeah, with it, it
1: sucks. I mean, I, I will say to your point earlier about discounts, I remember making the point that at the time, with the knowledge at hand, I would take Jose Abreu over Miguel Cabrera. That was when we were talking mid-February when we were doing our AL Central preview. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying that. So for people going, wait a second, you guys said this. It was mostly me uh, that I was saying that. And at the knowledge, I kept, I, but I qualified it. Knowledge at hand, he ended up coming back a lot quicker than we thought, and he picked up pretty much right where he left off.
0: That's the thing um, too. Is, yeah. <laughs> you know, depending on when you were drafting, he should he was going sooner and sooner as it got later because it was clear he's gonna be fine. And yeah, I-, I
1: don't know what you do. I don't know what you do if you've lost. I mean, we were talking off air. Chris Liss is, has a significant lead in worse because he was lucky enough to put in an unopposed bid for Carlos Correa a couple of weeks before he actually got called up. And nobody else even thought about it. For me, I thought he was on somebody's roster. So he's been enjoying that ride. But in the last five days, he's lost George Springer and Miguel Cabrera off his active roster.
0: That's so and brutal.
1: For six weeks. I mean, thankfully he's got a bit of a lead, but he had jumped Mike Pohorsker, and I was I've been anywhere from first to third place in recent weeks, and I'm still in third. And uh, but I, this is the only way I'd have a shot at him uh, is is this kind of thing. And guys coming back for me, I decided to cut bait with Michael Saunders because that thing still looks five six weeks away. I'd rather have the ten bucks. Uh, in fact, I got John Jason coming back mm-hmm. this week, Derek Collin coming back at some point, uh, Andrew Miller coming back at some point. So maybe just maybe I can make a late season run on things. I don't know. Uh, so we'll see where it goes. But for if you want Miguel Cabrera, I don't know what you do besides drink a lot. Uh, really, <laughs> because I mean, you can't there's nothing out there that you're going to be able to pick up or you know, maybe you have to make a deal if you're holding somebody. If you're in a dynasty league uh, and you're close, this is obviously gonna hurt you. This may be one of those things where, you know, like crap, I've gotta trade a process I've gotta I've gotta make a deal to try to hold on to this and not even think about next year right now or mm-hmm. two years down the road. Maybe you may you go ahead and pull that trigger on that deal where you're holding one of those prospects, but like, I'll go get somebody in the final year of their contract and I'll trade up that rookie because that's gonna that's a huge hole in your lineup you're gonna have to replace.
0: The thing of it is too, is, you know, the things that Miguel Cabrera does, you know, it, he's not that fully complete fantasy player because he doesn't have the speed component, but that's the easiest component to kind of find on the wire at any given moment. You don't find power and overwhelming batting average. Like he's been doing. I mean, it, it's so bad. It's so tough. Like I think in, in uh, real baseball, losing that one guy can, it's going to hurt, but I don't think it decimates a team the way we feel like it. It maybe should. I think we've seen countless examples of that, uh, you know, that one time when Joey Votto missed a large piece of time, they didn't really miss a beat. Um, You know, I'm trying to think of other examples and clearly failing, but we've seen it where guys go out for extended periods of time, ACE level players, top level players. And the team doesn't really miss a beat, even if they don't have an obvious replacement, because, you know, if you're talking in six weeks, you're not replacing five wins. Um, But, In fantasy, it is different. I do believe that that one loss can decimate you because we're playing a different game here. We're not we're not just trying to score uh, more runs than an opponent on a given night. We're ne- we need to accumulate high-quality stats. So this could be a decimator. It, it's really tough depending how fragile your offense was. Uh, it's, it's just going to be really tough in terms of – I'm trying to even uh, think.
1: The other thing that comes into mind here is even if – uh, because of Victor Martinez in play, it's not like you can bring him back just to play DH.
0: Exactly. So if you
1: bring if you bring him and they've already said and Brett Osmus is like, nope Victor Martinez is not playing first base. Nope, he's not gonna catch. So he's DH only. So if you try to bring Cabrera back and hide him a DH, then you push Victor Martinez to the bench. So they're really screwed. And, you know, to your point about the, the, the picking up the power, that's something I wrote about in Rotowire this week. Looking at how many guys do you think have hit 20 home runs in the second half of the season over the past six years?
0: Over the past six years, 20 yeah. home runs. Um, 50? Is that too many? That's way too many. Or is that not enough? I'm bad at guessing. Way too many.
1: Way oh, too many.
0: Okay. Uh, 20. Still too many. Oh my god. Uh, six
1: no now it's uh, we'll split the difference 14 oh so it's wow. it's been That's 14 and nobody no and nobody's repeated either here here's the list of 14 players using baseball references play index split finder so these are the guys that have had 20 home runs in the second half and again nobody's repeated Jose Bautista with 30 in 2010 Mickey with, with 26 in 2012 Prince Fielder with 24 and 09 Ryan Howard with 23 and 09 the, oh yeah, this guy did this. Chase Headley hit 23
0: oh, in 2012. Yeah. That was awesome.
1: Poo-holes, I love that. Pujols, Pujols, uh, which Pujols hit 21 in 2010. Ellsbury, Ugla hit 21 in 2010. Beltray hit 21 in 2012. The the oh my God, I forgot this guy did this. Melvin Upton hit 20 home oh. runs, 21 home runs in 2012. And he plays for my favorite team, and I forgot it.
0: Yeah, that's Mark crazy.
1: Reynolds, Mark Reynolds of 20 in 2009, Longoria with 20 in 2011, and then Ike Davis and Curtis Granderson each hit 20 in 2012. That
0: is it. So you can't, you know, because we throw that around, you know, I'm going to get 20 homers from this guy in the second half. You throw that around pretty casually sometimes. And what you're saying is it, it it just doesn't happen that often, and it's a moving target the second half because uh, you know the All-Star game it, it's not always 100% at 81 games. In fact, it kind of rarely is. I think 81 games. Before, Tigers hit the 81 game mark today. Um, but you know, and so that's another reason to kind of it's it's always a smaller half either way. So if you if you are gonna go with that nomenclature, you have to understand that it's it's just it's. It's not an even half. You can't be going out throwing these these kind of figures around for people. Uh, in terms of potential pickups, I think one of the names that you mentioned, having done this before, is a good pickup. And I think I would take a shot on Chase Headley. And I, I say good pickup because there's just not going to be a lot of options. You know, there, there aren't going to be a lot of options. We're talking kind of like a more standard mixed league where there's going to be a chance that he's available. Probably not much more than 12 teams. But at, at Yahoo right now, Chase Headley is only 34% owned. Uh, looking at other ones, you know, the, 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 the name DuJour probably picked up in your league. You got to be pretty shallow. But this would be a good replacement would be Mitch Moreland. But, again, he's been so wildly picked up. I'm surprised he's only at 55% on Yahoo. Uh, he's right, what's Val be-
1: Buen's ownership rate?
0: Right? Uh, let me find on – Just because G- his
1: batting average is so stinking terrible? I, I bet it's Even bad. his OBP stinks? I want to, you know, if you're, if
0: again,
1: okay. So if power is your only, if power is the only thing you're worried about,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: You know,
0: yeah, you know, because you're going to have to piece it together that way. That's what you're going to have to do because obviously you're not going to find it all from one player. So you know, you might have to. Uh, drop or get Valbuena to kind of go in as a replacement for the power. And then you might have to drop a, another player who's one of your fringy guys to go pick up a, a higher average guy. Maybe you have some, some decent outfielder who's kind of a do it all, but he doesn't excel at one thing. And you've been hanging on to him cause you think he's, he's pretty decent. Um, but you might have to move on from him. Uh, let's think like, a, I'm trying to think of a decent example of that right now who you would even be able to move away from for like a, you know, Denard Span or a Ben Revere. I feel like you're going to have to do different things with different players. Get a, a speed or, I mean, a, a power only guy and a batting average only guy and tr- and maybe try to figure it out that way. Maybe right. somebody like, uh, well, what, what is obviously Garcia's batting average right now? And I love obviously Garcia, but, you know, He's hitting 277. He's not lighting up the world. I probably wouldn't cut him because I still think, <laughs> think like he could bust out and, and kind of be uh, a big-time player who would really help right. cover cover a gap like that. Uh, uh, maybe like an Alex Rios that you're hanging on to, hoping that he kind of turns it around. Move on and, and go get some batting average-only guy. Don't, don't yeah, really I was worry thinking, about I anything was looking at
1: I was looking at guys with, with home run to fly ball ratios that are well below the career average. Just to try to get cheap. Can you explain to me why Ian Kinsler's is lower than Ben Revere's this year? No,
0: no, no, no. Okay, no, Ian Kinsler
1: is the fifth worst home run to fly ball ratio. He is he in fact he is the lowest non zero. It's Infante, Pagan, Marquez, and Bourne, and then it's Kinsler's. And the other four have zero homers. So uh, it's Kinsler. So when I'm looking at a list, Kinsler pops off that list. Uh, Melky Cabrera, but he looks awful this year. Uh, that pops off the list. Josh Harrison pops on that list. Is it Melky? Nick Castellanos pops on that list. Is, is it Melky uh, Michael Brantley? I, I haven't looked at what he. We'll talk about thirty day stuff in a little bit. Ooh, uh, but I'm just looking at names. So I'm just looking at Brantley's on there. Uh, Estudio Cabrera's on that list, he's looked good of late. We'll talk about that. Adrian Beltre is a seven percent guy. That's well below his uh, average,
0: and, and so, so I'm just looking shot. at
1: names. I'm just looking at names uh, for guys that are below the career average, and that's really the best thing I can suggest. That you know, even I can't even recommend Mike Napoli because he looks so terrible to play these days he does,
0: too. He does not look good. Longoria
1: is nine percent, that's below his average. Yeah. Matt Kemp, he's dinged up. Cano is at eight percent. Honestly, I would start trying to chase the dudes who are showing below-average home on the fly ball ratios, and take your shots there.
0: I like that idea too. That that that, that is a good idea. Uh, Obviously, it's going to depend on the league you're in. Logan Morrison? In a deeper league, that's going to be a better strategy because you're not going to even have a Val Buena on the wire. You're not going to really have anybody who's showing real power on the wire. You're going to have to go out and try to maneuver. You're going to have to do some work here, folks. And you know what? I can't remember who I hear say I believe it's Todd Zola who I hear say this winning a league should take work it should be hard so you lost Miguel Cabrera quit your belly and get out there and go fix it and it might take some trades and some some shifty waiver moves but whatever get it done. Winning is difficult uh, it's not even you know the all-star break yet you didn't have anything won anyway so you know to those of you whining about losing Miguel Cabrera get over it least you don't cheer for the tigers like i do it's been a nightmare uh let's talk about steven strasberg this is another tough one to replace but it's not going to be nearly as difficult because for obvious, obvious reasons of course strasberg isn't delivering at the level that was expected uh it's a bummer anytime you lose a top pick and he's a top three round guy this year and so this is the second time he's going out but this one stings more than the first time the first time he went out you almost felt like It was almost a weight off of your chest uh, every fifth day from having to watch him. So you felt, let's get Strasburg a reprieve. He's not himself right now. This one, he was in the midst of pitching brilliantly. He was looking like Strasburg proper, the guy that we expected and we're used to. There's bite on everything. The velocity was there. He was clicking. Uh, 115 ERA and 15 and two-thirds back, uh, 18 strikeouts, just four walks, just nine hits allowed. He was looking great. Just the one homer? Uh, Yeah, and just the one homer, which is a huge key because he allowed five in in the last four games before he eventually went on the disabled list. So Mm -hmm. uh, this is a huge bummer. It's an oblique strain. Uh, These are the devil. That's a month. That's a month. Yeah, it's it's at least a month, and then it could linger. Yeah, Doug Fister battle battle won that one year where he couldn't get right, and he'd go through these bouts where he looked like crap, and everyone's like, "This guy sucks." It's like, no, he doesn't. He's got this oblique strain, trying to play through it. Uh, so we could see some of that, even when he is pitching, he could be struggling. With it, But maybe not at a level that's good enough to put – or hard enough to put him back on the disabled list. And so it's a total washout, and it really sucks. And this one, I'm, I'm going to bring in my league a little bit personal here. Um, I just traded for him. I just made a deal that I was really, really excited about, really excited to come talk about and have everyone pat me on the back because I thought it was a great trade. I traded Max Scherzer for Strasburg and Mookie Betts, and uh, I, I thought that wow. was – I thought that was going to be a good deal because George Springer just went on the disabled list for me in that league. And I was thinking, here we go. This, this, I'm going to take a shot here. I think Betts could be huge and, you know, kind of keep doing what he's been doing lately. He's been hot. And I think Strasburg could be himself. And if I get himself, then it's not that much of a far cry from, from Scherzer in the first place. And it's certainly not a difference of Mookie Betts. So I thought I did a good job. Well, Now one component is on the disabled list. Uh, so that kind of sucks.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a nice deal in a vacuum, but now without that, you're like, "Eh,
0: sorry. Yeah. Now it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare because like I said, I think even upon return, Strasburg is going to be a bit tricky. I just, I don't, I don't know that he's going to be right and it's going to be situations like that. So it's terrible. It's awful. Um, Obviously, you don't have to cut him in any league because you can just put him back on the disabled list. But would you try to sell low at this point?
1: Yeah, because it's an oblique. It's gonna take it's gonna take a month to come back. You look at Rizzy, He's he's gonna finally come back. He's gonna make one more start before the uh, All Star break. So and he's been out since what? June, uh, and Memorial Day weekend Mm-hmm. or something like that. I forgot exactly. He's been exactly. out, he's been he out for a out. while. But he's been out for a month. I forgot because you know, starting pitching hasn't been their problem. Uh, but he has been out. So I forgot the exact date he went down. Uh, but it's an oblique. I mean, when Cobb had it, Cobb was out six weeks. And, uh, you know, this stuff happened. So for me, I would – yeah, you get – basically you get 15 starts in the second half. You're probably going to get 10 out of him. You're probably going to miss five. Odorizzi's been gone since June 5th. So that, that – and his one even – when it happened to him – he wanted to stay in. It really wasn't that much. He was like, oh, no, I'm good. And then he's been out over a month. So with with Strasburg, it could be longer, but you're only going to get 9, 10 starts in the second half. If I can flip him for a guy that on paper should be getting 15 starts, I'm going to take him. Because even at 15 starts with a 6K per nine, that's 30 more strikeouts. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that, that's 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 a lot. That's a substantial number there. So I, I agree. I think I think you have to entertain it. Now let's talk about what that would be. Uh, what, what do you think would be a, a reasonable uh, sell low that, that that you'd be interested in? What about Odorizzi? Is that too high to then just turn around and say give me give me your injured? I mean, because he's not off the DL yet. You know he's scheduled to come back this week, but he was scheduled—he was going to do a two-start week—and they're making Odorizzi go out on an extra rehab. So it's no, there's no guarantees. Would you do that? Would you just say, "Let me take Odorizzi, who's on the way back," and you—you you basically have to start over on the DL? But you didn't have Odorizzi anyway. I bet that—I bet you could get that accepted. But do you think it's even enough?
1: It's worth asking for. I think it's enough because the strike. I mean, you're trying to replace Strike. He's already crapped your ratios this yeah. year. If you look at his numbers, so he's already killed your ratios. He wasn't getting that many wins. So you're basically you're basically holding on to him for strikeouts. So, going so you're going to you're, you're want to get somebody that's going for strikeouts. I mean, some guys that are – like over the last month, guys that are surprisingly doing well in strikeouts, Tyron Walker, Abaldo Jimenez, Jason Hamill, you know, even CJ Wilson. I mean, these are, guys, these are guys that are all in the top 15 over the past month in strikeouts, and they're getting them. So, I mean, you can't – you're not going to get a tier one guy. You're not Fires. getting those guys. So uh, out of that – He's getting strikeouts. If, if that's what you're trying to pursue, go for the strikeouts. But I'm looking at guys you know, looking at guys that have made five you know, five, six starts, and some of those guys are six start guys, and they've got everybody I mentioned has at least forty strikeouts over the past six starts.
0: Okay. So um, is Tyson Ross too much? If you had Tyson Ross, would you do it?
1: Um Sure, but you know me, on Tyson Ross. So I still
0: think the arm's gonna fall off one day. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Well, so maybe, so maybe there's a chance that you find that same owner in your league who has him and thinks, you know, it hasn't been, it hasn't been that good with Tyson Ross, and I am worried. So yeah, maybe I'll take the Strasburg gamble. I don't know. I Ian think Kennedy's,
1: Ian Kennedy's worth kicking the tires
0: on. I mean, if he keeps the ball in the yard, he's great. Big. He, and he's three bait. It's a master. And he's three bait. But over the past month,
1: he's got 33 strikeouts and 35 innings. 231 ERA, 114 whip. He's pitching
0: well. What about this guy? And, and this is segue of the century because I know you want to talk about this guy. What yeah, about throw buckles? up your mouth
1: when you say it. Come on. So about, I
0: was going to bring about, it up. What about buckles?
1: You know what I absolutely do. Even, you know, forget forget the cleanest thing aside. He has been shoving it over his last he's 11 killing starts. killing
0: man. He's looking he great. He's been absolutely great. killing it. And, and. I mean to read off the
1: numbers if I let me find the date range here, but to show the, the for people to understand where he's been since we started ragging on him, uh, you know, we look back, he almost had the complete game shutout yesterday. But over his last eleven starts, he's six and two, two seventeen ERA, 1-0-3 whip, striking out seven point three per nine, barely walking anyone's allowed two home runs.
0: And you know that's over
1: seventy nine innings of work.
0: He, he he's been on fire, and and so yeah, hats hats off to Cletus. He's he's pitching well.
1: I'd absolutely do Strasburg for Cletus.
0: The the one the only thing that I ever worried about with him, and it, it hasn't been showing up lately, is the implosion. Uh, the highs are very good. The highs are very high with him. I believe in them. Uh, you know, I I, I I see the talent. I'm not I'm not stupid, but I still worry about that meltdown. We haven't seen that. We saw that nine earned run disaster in New York. Uh, well, you know what
1: that was though, right? What? It was him pitching out of the
0: stretch. Oh yeah, yeah. It's
1: terrible with men on base. That if was... you watch them, because the Rays have been so freaking unwatchable lately, I've been fo- more focused on watching other games. And so yesterday, when Cletus was on the mound, I'm like, I'm gonna tune in to watch Cletus. So I had to raise on my on my uh, laptop, and I was watching Cletus pitch. And even out of the stretch, the, 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 uh, he up an uh, opposite field bloop double because Hanley Ramirez has no range in left field. <laughs> and that was the one hit, and the other one was a ninth inning, two outs. And I think Balbuena got him, worked his count a little bit, uh, and got him late for a uh, double to knock in Altuve, who he had hit with a pitch, I think, yeah, or walked. I forgot how it happened. So that was that, was that stretch. But if you look at it you know, really for him – it was, pitching, it was pitching with men on versus nobody on. And that was really, when you watch him pitch out of the stretch, that's when he was leaving stuff up. And uh, the numbers were absolutely killing him on that. And that's well, that's where the correction's been. So it, if you look at his numbers of late, it's, it's so much better with uh, out of the stretch versus men on. And that, that's,
0: that's been an issue at times for him uh, in these recent years since he's kind of had the downturn. Because Buckholz came out, uh, you know kind of on fire had had like that no hitter and you know, I think his second game that, that was pretty good uh, bad in 2020, uh, 2008 when he really struggled with it, then found a, a period where he could strand guys, where he could work with runners on uh, from 2009 to 2011. Uh, 77, 79, and 79% uh, left on base rates. Those are fantastic. And then lost it again. 70% in 2012 as ERA shot up to 456. Found it again for that dream first half and a little bit more, I think. 108 innings, the, the bullfrog season. 84% left on base rate when he had that 174 ERA. And then the year before last, uh, 62, or excuse me, last year, 62%, and this year, 70%. So he's working it up because in in, uh, May, excuse me, April, it was poor, And he's been working it up and and being better with with men on. And and there's going to be success there for Buckholz if he can work with men on base, keeps the ball down. He doesn't need a lot of strikeouts to be successful. But the fact is he still has some swing and miss stuff that he can generate them. In fact, this 11 percent – uh, swinging strike rate is a career high uh for his you know full seasons he had a t- 13% in those 23 innings of that rookie year uh when he made three starts and one relief appearance uh and had that no hitter so th- this is this is prime buckholz right now and you know it's coming at age 30 i i'd long given up on him but i i would i would be okay acquiring him in in, in a in a deal now and there were there were points where there wasn't a price. I wouldn't I would I wouldn't say yes to anything. If a guy was on my roster, he was better than Buckholz to me. It, did, it didn't <laughs> Here's matter. Here's the
1: difference. Here's what killed him. So, again, men on base, those first six starts uh, culminating just with the, the first start in May. So all through April and that first start in May, men on base, 421 batting average against, 579 slug against. 537 Babbitts. He had 12 extra base hits, two home runs, and 10 doubles with men on base, and a ton of singles. Since then, 245 batting average against 332 Slug, 309 Babbitt. So, it, whatever it was going mechanically, whatever it was causing to leave up these pitches and get slammed, mm-hmm. that stopped. That has stopped. He's locating the pitchers better, not elevating stuff, and this is really this is where the difference. And he's not giving up. He's striking out a, a, a little bit, a little bit less. From, we went from 25% to 23.5 with men on base. So I guess he's, you know what, I'm going to stop going for the strikeout and let him put it in play. I mean, he doesn't have the world's best defense behind him, but he's got a good defense behind him, mm-hmm. and this has really been. He's pitching much better with men on base, and this has been this. If, you, you know, if people go back when we were talking about him, why is he screwing up? This was simple regression. Nobody could be that freaking piss poor with men on base forever.
0: No. You, you
1: can't do it. It's, no. it's impossible to be that bad. No, a 537 bit, that's impossibly bad, it, especially it, for a guy that has that. He, with nobody on base, the swing and miss stuff he was putting up was, was one of the best in the league. And when the guy's got a base, he just forgot how to do it somehow, and now he's rediscovered that, and he looks like the guy that, that I've always loved.
0: Yeah, that's true. It looks like it, this is right about the guy that you've always thought that he could be a solid uh, a solid contributor, not necessarily a frontliner, but but all the components to be kind of right there. He's got now a 3.27 ERA on the season for 110 innings for Buckholz with a one nineteen whip, 8.5 strikeouts under two walks. I mean – it's not an ace, but it's pretty you close. Know what I like about this pretty close.
1: of late? He's pitching well. The Eraser's pitching well of late. Dude. And Marco Estrada's pitching well of late. Those you
0: know, are three of your guys. guys.
1: Like a, yeah, it's like it's all finally coming together. Of course, I don't own Marco Estrada anywhere. Uh, but yeah, it's like all these guys that I was always like,
0: oh, maybe it's going to – and right now they're all, they're all on a roll. Absolutely, and, and, and a racer somebody who I've been really impressed with with what he's doing. It's about so that up, time. He, he
1: gave up I, the stat I heard on the radio today. I believe they said he gave up 16 earned runs over his first two or three starts. Two, he's given up two. It, it, it was
0: um, it was 15. It was 15 runs, and only one was a start. The very first outing of the season for him was a two-inning, seven-run disaster nightmare scenario and then he did get a start he went three and a third and gave up nine yeah, eight, eight nine. earned I think it was an eight. so it was at toronto oh, and sorry. Um, and so then if you just go from there including his relief work not just when he jumped uh, into the rotation he's got a 218 era 62 innings with 52 strikeouts for erasmo that includes 10 starts uh and and six relief appearances yeah, so sixteen
1: oh. runs allowed in his first two starts and sixteen allowed over his last sixteen games.
0: Isn't that crazy? Which includes
1: ten starts. It's nuts, but I mean he honestly just pitched well today. He had really bad first inning. I mean he got out of it unscathed. But yeah, it's I think two walks or three walks, he was struggling with his kind of twenty seven pitches. The only run he allowed today was a home run to A Run. Yeah, that's that's not a that's not a huge sin, but that's that's where he's been. And in fact, it's only the second home run that he's allowed over his last seven starts.
0: And Erasmo's been getting the swings and misses like crazy too. That's one thing that I've been really impressed with. The dude has some killer swing and miss stuff, and I'm sure um, that Seattle's like, well, where where was that man? We would have kept you around. Look, they, that,
1: got Mike, they got Mike Montgomery say, on it. I was going to say, not it's that Montgomery really is failing. We got a win then. again today. We got another win today. Uh, but honestly, what are they going to do in, in, in both cases? Let's talk about Seattle and Tampa Bay. Well, Jake Gordon well, comes back this weekend.
0: Who and, uh, comes
1: out of the rotation? Colomay. A. Colum already out. Matt Moore's in.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, oh God, that's terrible. Uh, it has, it's probably going to be Carnes <laughs> or Eraser. And that's, that, it's gonna be it's gonna be a racer because he's been he's got so much relief work. This is where being versatile almost hurts you because then they'll just throw you back in there as thinking that you don't even care. And like, yeah, he, he can handle it. He'll go there. Um, I, I think it could be a racer, which really sucks. He's been it's great. Be,
1: what I'm thinking, what I'm thinking through, because right now you know depth chart has Colomay. They have they have still in still because they took Andris out. So if you figure. Odorizzi comes back, then Colome will be out. So I, I was already thinking it was it was and Andrees, but that's where. So he should be okay. Uh, but Seattle, Iwakuma comes back this week. hmm. Who comes out? Because Half's been pitching decently. Montgomery's pitched well. Who comes out for them? Um,
0: are you in, are you counting that they already optioned out Elias?
1: Oh, I missed that news.
0: Yeah. So because I was asking oh, the same thing.
1: Wow. Really? Because
0: okay. When I was looking right. <laughs> at the uh, the spreadsheet of you know the starters for the week, they Mike Montgomery was like a TBD, and I was like, there's just no way he's going to get pushed out over Elias. So Elias is out, and they're going to go Felix Iwakuma, Hap Walker, Montgomery. I just named them how I remembered them, not in any sort of order, because uh, obviously Walker would be ahead. What do you what do you think of Montgomery, by the way? Because you know there, obviously it hasn't been. Um, overwhelming one way or the other like he he hasn't won with just one thing montgomery hasn't he hasn't had huge strikeout totals throughout every game he doesn't have some 60 percent ground ball rate uh that he's carrying he's kind of done everything i I wrote about him and and that's exactly what i wrote that one game it was a lot of strikeouts and then a a couple other games it's been big 50 percent plus ground ball rates so what do you make of him uh even today's start Looks pretty solid, but two strikeouts, one walk. So it's going to have people kind of a like
1: – A home run to Sam Fold. What's that? He gave up a home run to Sam Fold. That was the one run he gave
0: up. Oh, he should have been pulled right after that. I feel like that's an automatic MLB rule, right? <laughs> Sam like, Fold what? hits you. That means you are automatically pulled and they have to go to the bullpen without warming up. That's the new rule. Wow. Uh, yeah. well, so that's bad. That's bad. But uh, everything else was good. Five and two-thirds, six hits, one run. One walk, the two strikeouts, I guess, was the only. That's what's
1: hurt me because I have a mentality. I'm middle of the pack in strikeouts, despite the fact I'm carrying seven starters, and one of them is uh, is Salazar. But I've got Hutchinson who can't pitch pitch on the road. Uh, Green's already optioned down. I, I've God. got uh, you know Salazar. I've got Montgomery. I have Cody Anderson who's pitched well, but's gotten squeezed on some wins of late. So you know, I'm middle of the pack, and I would love to move Montgomery for somebody that can get me some strikeouts.
0: I bet you could do that. I, th- I bet you could find somebody who's willing to, you know, do kind of a ratio for, for strikeout trade. You'd obviously th- you'd be looking at strikeout guys who are getting but the. The problem
1: is strikeout guys have good ratios. Like I was looking at Seth Trankman. He's got David Price. That's not going to work. He's got Hector Santiago. He's got Nubaldo Jimenez, and he has a fourth guy. He's got four guys with strikeouts. And honestly, as like if I I've got to have to pair Montgomery up with something else to even get this started, because you know the ratios are it's a wash. So, I'm going to have to like, try to find a bat or something or try to find something else. Because when I looked at it, the the teams ahead of him in strikeouts are Pot Wars, who's ahead of me in the standings, who's not going to want to trade with me. And plus, he's on vacation in China or something like that. I
0: know. Yeah, he's going to be gone for like two weeks.
1: Yeah. And then uh, I think Chris List is the other one. So, it's like the two teams ahead of me in the standings are ahead of strikeouts. And then there's Seth.
0: And I'm like, okay, let me talk to Seth. I I don't know if there's a match there. Yeah, see. this this new version of Santiago has made him hard to trade because back in the day, even when he would have an ERA around two and a half, it'd be like with a 128 WHIP, so you'd be like, oh, right. that, that ERA is coming up. Well, this year he's got he's rocking the 240 WHIP for 100 innings, something he seems to do every year. He seems to have a 100 inning spell of a two and a half era every freaking year but this year he's paired it with a 110 whip and that's that that works when you're hector santiago that that they can live with if you're not putting the guys on then the homers that he's always going to have he's just always had homer issues uh they're going to sting a lot less and he's putting he's gaming up 6.8 hits per nine well below his 7.7 career mark so yeah santiago's having a great year or else i was going to suggest him but i didn't realize his whip was so low because uh after getting him for Two years in a row, I finally, you know, said that's. I'm tired of kind of the mid upper threes and uh, ERA with a weak whip, and then he, and then he busts out. So thank you for that, Hector. Appreciate that. He was on my he
1: was on my list. If you remember, we were talking about our tiers of pitching for draft day. Mm-hmm. He was one of those guys that was in my my list of. I remember talking to Steve Cozzolino and before talent wars draft. I said, hey, I got this bucket of dudes that I feel really comfortable getting. And like Santiago was – it was in that bucket, but he was down the bucket, and I never needed to get to him because I got everybody else I wanted.
0: Oh, so you were too good. And that that sucks too when you're too good. But Hutch,
1: Hutchinson and Green were on that list in front of him, so uh, – that, and that, that has not worked out as well as I hoped.
0: I would have had a similar list in that very order. Uh, let's move on then. Let's talk about somebody else here. And this one, I don't know if it's a huge shock because – when you're not performing this well and you don't have a huge track record, you're going to get optioned at some point. And the Miami Marlins, uh, perhaps surprisingly, optioned Marcelo Zuna uh, because you know it, it, it wasn't working out. First off, the one thing that this guy delivers is power, or at least we thought, after a .455 slug last year and 23 bombs in 153 games. But this year, through 78 games, 319 plate appearances, just four homers for Ozuna with a three forty slug. Um, you know, the batting average was still there, but it's just a little bit empty. 252, you know, not great, but he's like a 265 career hitter. So right there on his uh, on his pace, considering everything else was lagging, um, it, it's just the power right now because even his OBP, three, 304 compared to a 310 mark, that's right there. Four, uh, 340 slug compared to a 409, that's rough And then last year's 455. Where are you at on Ozuna right now? Is this somebody that you would be interested in trying to scoop as a throw in in a keeper league or are you just figuring i'll I'll wait and see right now
1: uh wait and see tribe with him it is i mean when you look at him they're getting him to chase stuff off the plate and when you look when you look at a guy who hit with power last year and is not hitting with power this year you try to look for an injury and it's not there he's just not pulling the baseball i mean when you look at his spray chart last year 10, 12 home runs, a lot of stuff to the morning track, doubles and stuff. And you look at his spray chart this year, and there's just nothing going. He's had three home runs to the pole side. He's had some doubles deep and some out and a lot of fly ball outs, and that's really been it. He's just not driving the ball. He's not being able to pull the baseball. When you look at his heat map where people are pitching him, they're moving it off the plate now, where it used to be last year they were challenging him. This year are like, okay, big boy, I'm going to move it out over here a little bit. And now he's starting to roll. Some, some stuff he's hitting the other way, other stuff he's rolling over, but they're just staying out there, and he keeps swinging. That- so instead of finding the barrel of his bat, it's finding the end of his bat.
0: Yeah, that's it's just it's not good, and you know he he was somebody that they were expecting a step forward from, so that you know an injury like Giancarlo Stanton's wouldn't hurt as much. The fact that he's also been lagging, uh, you know Christian Yelich kind of just getting going for them, that um, super outfield. And it's it's funny because I was uh, I wanted to do this league that I was calling the depth chart league where you would draft uh, like position sets where you. Uh, it'd yeah, be, it'd be yep. a draft. And like I was thinking, oh, you know, if I had first pick, I'd, I'd probably take Marlins outfield and, you know, it wouldn't have worked well. Really? I mean, Carl Stanton's oh. great. Um, but uh, these other two slugs, I, w- I would have had time missed from Yelich and I'd have 78 games of Drek from from Ozuna. So it's funny how, you know, airtight. I thought that that, you know, outfield was as a fantasy producing unit. And all of a sudden you look and you're like, ooh, not so much.
1: Um, hey, speaking of underperforming, if, if I would want to jump back to Seattle for a second, I know we were pretty down on the Mark Trumbo acquisition, but oh my god, has he been awful.
0: Dude, like down on it in that, yeah, it's not going to save them and you'll still get your power. Everything will be fine. He knows the league. He knows that ballpark pretty well. Yeah, right. Oh my god. He has an eight OPS plus, an eight. He's a
1: 372 OPS. A 372 <laughs> pitchers do better than that. Uh,
0: several of them. Willie Bloomquist. He's got, he's got two extra
1: points. base hits, two extra base hits, a double and a home run. That's what, it. What's 24 strikeouts. So I, I don't know. He needs- That's terrible. And like from all accounts, seems like a super dude, Ian Miller and Riley Breckham, let me speak very highly of him. This is awful. And maybe he gets traded again, and maybe something clicks. But this this ain't working. And I don't know what Seattle's going to be able to do because I think he's got another. I think he's got another year on his contract. I it's
0: I, I could not have envisioned it going this poorly. Uh, I don't think. I feel like there's no way I could have. No, he's he's. Uh, it's just the rest of this That's year. It. Whatever whatever's left on the. But he's are
1: eligible next year, so. Oh okay, yeah, earliest. Pick, I don't think they get picked up because that'll be like eight something.
0: At least, yeah. I mean, we'll see if he turns it around. Oh, my God, that's tough. Would you, going back to that, you know, piecing it together to kind of fix your Miguel Cabrera issue, you can get Mark Trumbo for pennies in the AL only right now. Like, literally. Yeah, you
1: could. You could get him for pennies. Now, of course, I mean, he's only hit 24 home runs over the past season and a half. But, again, pennies.
0: Like, pennies. (laughs) I, I probably would. I'm not going to lie. I, 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 and, and, he, and he's not much of a second-half producer. He, he usually kind of cools. But um, he can't be as bad as he is right now. Mark Trumbo can't. So if I am one of these one of these Miggy owners who's scrambling and I'm looking to do moves, and, and not every move you make can go out and be a big one, even if it's not the primary move you make, it's just a supplemental, I think I would do it because, like I said, you, you could probably give your worst player, whatever it is. Uh, some some middle reliever who gets a lot. You're, you're, you can trade your Chasen Shreve for him, uh, although that might actually be too much these days. Trumbo man, not good. I mean
1: Seattle's seven games below 500. He's not playing for them at this point. I don't know why they w- why they wouldn't make a deal. I mean I, when you look at it and say oh these teams are within the wild card, these teams within the wild card. They're seven games below man. I mean when you look at that when you look at that team and say oh maybe oh Evo Kuba's coming back. That's gonna help us now. No, your offense is still piss poor. It's still station to station, relying on Nelson Cruz to drop a bomb. It's it's not
0: good. It's not good. And he couldn't stay as hot as he was. Then he's getting no support there in Seattle. You know, Seeger's been all right, but we know, you know, fantasy community has talked to death about what Cano's doing out there. Um, You know, it it is a shame because they're wasting some solid performances. Lomo's kind of evened out to be at least a plus value. Uh, Brad Miller, uh, uh, not Austin Jackson, Seth Smith. He's showing
1: signs of life lately, Brad Miller.
0: yeah, Brad Miller's been been fine this year. Um, Seth Smith has been solid. That was a, a solid pickup for them. You know, at least crushing righties, I believe. So you know they had some pieces, and it, it's just not it, Zanino. That, you, we pat yourself on the back for that one. You wanted no piece of that guy, and I jumped on that bandwagon instantly. I got nothing of him, and wow, he's been not good. Once yeah, I'm time. hanging my hat on
1: Brett Gardner and Zanino, and um, there's somebody else that was. J.D.
0: Martinez maybe? Well, and your your eternal love for Buckholz. Speaking of J.D. Martinez, you're a segue master today as well. This dude (laughs) is out of his mind, and I love it. He has over the last year plus – he has become my favorite Detroit Tiger. I just – I absolutely love J.D. Martinez. I love his commitment to to the craft. I know that's a bit of a cliche, but it it is – 100% 100% true with him. Uh, how committed he is to, first off, how committed he was to getting good when he realized whatever he was doing wasn't working as a major leaguer, and then how committed he is to remaining good. Um, and obviously, people have probably seen the notebook. If you've watched a, a Tigers game, he has a little notebook that he writes in about pretty much every at bat that he goes to. And uh, I love it. I just, I love JD Martinez. He's amazing. Hit another home run today, his 23rd of the season, which ties him for last year. And he did last year's work in 123 games. He did this in 78 games. So I, I was right out there with you saying I do believe in JD Martinez. It wasn't just because I'm I'm a Tigers fan. I just I believed in the power. I said, you know, that average is going to come down. I said 275. He's hitting 284. So he's even bested that 285 after today. Um I, I was willing to say, you know, fine, 270, 275 but I'm going to get 30 bombs. Well, he's on pace to to crush that. J.D. Martinez has been amazing. Where do you have him kind of in the scope of outfielders right now?
1: Pretty darn high. I mean, honestly, when you look at the power, the commodity that power is and how much it's just really not there. You I know, mean, we were talking earlier about the, uh, the, the second half home runs. And mm-hmm. we said, okay, people are like, oh, it's the second half just double. I, I think I counted 11 people that had – that had at least 20 home runs right now, 11, and he's one of the 11. So if you're trying to go through the, let me just double what a guy has right now, you're still not getting the 20 home runs. But over the past, and when you look at the what the numbers that he's put up, I'm looking over the last calendar year for him, the last calendar year for you know, from July 5th to July 5th. Uh, now these numbers aren't right. Oh, well, forget that. It's not splitting up right, but it's looking at some of the year-to-year stuff is not pulling up right. But he's got a tough – between the second half, what he did in the second half last year, and what he's doing this year, he's right up there. I'd say he's top eight.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it's it got to be really high right now for J.D. Martinez. He's It's been so good, and like I said, the average has even held pretty well. Like uh, last year it was, it was much higher. I think it was three-something, 315 – yeah, 315, and this year it's at 284, but 284 is – really nothing to sneeze at i mean that that is some high quality work i've got the fan graphs up with the last past calendar year because i liked where your head was at with that and if you're just going by wrc plus which is a kind of a composite number where 100 is average he's at 145 sixth among outfielders uh behind these these clowns that you've never heard of bryce harper mike trout andrew mccutcheon giancarlo stanton and jose bautista and, you know, no one's going to give him that kind of due. No one's going to say that he is uh, the, the sixth best outfielder. But you said eight. And, and I love that. I think he's a top 10 outfielder right now very easily because that power component cannot be undersold these days. It, it's, it's still rare. It's still so very rare uh, that, that you get big power. I mean, I think power's up on the year, if I recall correctly, but uh, it's not overwhelming. You know, we're, we're still not – we're nowhere near yesteryear, the, the, the steroid era, the juiced era if you will. So somebody like this who's got 22 homers after a big power breakout last year who you can really rely on now. He's 553 slug last year for J.D. Martinez, 555 so far this year. This is this is real. He's a top 10 guy uh, in the outfield. Where would you put him on an overall? Is he a top 25 player yet or is still a little bit high for that?
1: I'm not taking him in the top two rounds. It okay. just, just doesn't run enough for me.
0: Yeah, no, and I, I'm I'm okay with that because I do I do think that the average could even still kind of get down to where I was talking about, uh, in, in more of the 270s, which again is perfectly fine. And if you're getting 30 homers in a 270, I'm fine with that as even a third, fourth round pick. Um, but we're talking about J.D. Martinez, the third, fourth round pick. Who would have thought that? You know? So I, yeah. I, I I've been and, super. And I
1: don't even mean to bounce around on this as I'm looking at weighted on base average for this year. Uh, the top leaderboard. JD Martinez is 13th behind A-Rod. All right, um, just, behind, just behind just behind JD is Adam Lind. Adam Lind is 14th overall weighted on-base average this year.
0: Where's he going at the deadline? I mean, I know, yeah, they, okay. I know they won seven, but there's no reason for them to keep him. They're not going to make – they can't make a run. By the way, I knew they were too talented to stay so sucky. I, I, I'm not saying I went out on a limb and called it or anything. I'm just saying you had to know that Milwaukee was going to have a couple runs. They, they're they not good, but they're not god-awful, and they played god-awful to this point. I mean they're still 12-under. Uh, even with a seven-game winning streak, so that tells you where they were. But uh, what, what, what would be the point of keeping him? He's out, out of his mind, and I believe he's a free agent after this year. Where, where are they moving Adam Lind to, in your estimation?
1: I mean, the only thing with the only thing with him is you—you even you know, you, you bothered giving him a qualified qualifying offer. But I mean, it's—it's it's nuts what he's doing this year. I mean, last year it's not like—you know—again, he hit well last year in Toronto, but it was Toronto. You know, yeah. like, Oh well, he's gonna hit well in Toronto, but but he's doing even more of it this year.
0: Milwaukee and Toronto are very similar parks. So I didn't I didn't see him losing, and I'll tell you what the reason I really liked Lynn And I tweeted this out from First Pitch Arizona was the fact that there are there was one lefty starter of consequence in that division, and it was Francisco. Yeah, somebody we know wrote an
1: article about that. What's that? Somebody we know wrote an article. You about did, the lack didn't of it, you? It. Yeah, it was me.
0: <laughs> yeah so i mean we were on we were on this Adam Lynn train pretty early as this being a pretty solid move. Ballpark was still going to be great lineup we thought was still going to actually be great it 's turned out to just kind of be blah but uh, for, through no fault of his own, like you said. He hit last year, but last year was a lot of – it was more OBP average sort of stuff. This year it's the pop coming back, 479 slug in 2014 up to 507 this year. So he's got 13 bombs, and he's already got eight more ribbies than he did all of last year. Granted, that and was he's only
1: – he's equaled. He's equaled his extra base uh, total in 10 fewer at-bats.
0: Yeah, you, you got you got fewer plate that. appearances. You, you got to love that. So – um If he gets traded to the American League, obviously he can go to DH. He's not a a great first baseman, but obviously he's been playing first base and staying healthy. So that's huge too. I mean he's having a great walk year for Adam Lind at age 31 to get one more solid contract, three, four-year kind of deal. You know, I'm trying to think of possible trade partners though who who really needs a first baseman that is in contention or or even a DH at least. Um, But I I would think – because most teams don't use a full-time DH, so I think it would have to be a team that would still want to shuffle him in at first base. So they probably shouldn't have a stalwart there. You know, um, I'm trying. You know, let's, if Chicago was in it, they they wouldn't get him because they're not going to move a Abreu off. Plus they got LaRoche. But sounds bad example. But what about is he affordable for your Rays? Or do they just love no. Loney and his defense so much?
1: Well, they love Loney and his defense so much, but then you play Linda DH, or where do you play Jason? Do you play him in left field? Oh,
0: yeah. That, that's that gone. You know,
1: you, gone do me. you play him in left field? But, uh, you know, the David DeJesus is like two for his last 34.
0: But he's, um, he's still been like league average for the season, and I, I, I still think he'll be fine. They could, but I
1: think the asking price would be pretty strong because Milwaukee could always say, look, he's hit the last two years. We'll put a qualifying offer because somebody's going to give Adam win money.
0: That's that's true. That's true. And they 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 will give him the offer. He'll decline it. Fine. And then they'll get their pick. So maybe maybe they don't if they can't. Yeah, they're going to ask for something. It's not going to be overwhelming, even for a rental for a rental, of course. But they're going to say, listen, you got to give us something that's kind of on par with the with the pick that we're going to be able to get. I get that. I I totally get that. Let's sti- let's stick with your raise here because you want to talk a little bit about Astrubel Cabrera. Um, I, he was somebody who coming into the year, I was like, you know, shortstop isn't great if I can't get one of those frontliners because I was interested in doing the, uh, the the double up thing that we saw. Uh, who was it? Gianella do in the draft uh, where he went? Was it uh, Tulo we too Desmond? Yes. I think it was. I think it was Tulo Desmond or whatever, but. I was interested in doing that in a draft, and I was able to do it in one draft. I actually went too low, Hanley, so I went injury risk, injury risk. The point was to go injury risk stable, but either way. Um, so, But if I couldn't do anything like that, I, I just wanted to wait. And as Drew Cabrera was someone, I was like, I'll wait on him. I'll take a, a BS 240 average because um, he's done that the last two years with the chance of maybe getting better because he's a 270 career guy, but give me my double-double, which is double-digit homers, double-digit stolen bases. Well, it's been pretty rotten so far this year. I think he's pacing just under the double-double, and so that that's no good. And a 225 average, but you're seeing some signs of maybe a, a little bit of snapping out of it for Azdrubo Cabrera?
1: Well, heading into early June, he was batting 210 with a 582 OPS uh, and Not since good. then, he's hitting 258 with a 734 OPS. And again, shortstop's so, so pretty much yeah, top's pretty much a, a, a death valley yes. if you don't know one of the top two. So he's actually showing signs of life. And today he hit leadoff. Uh, and frankly, he may hit more leadoff because right now he's one of the, the hotter bats in an otherwise cold-raised lineup. And if he's going to get up there, some other guys could, could possibly drive him in. But they've been rotating leadoff guys. But he's showing signs of life. The two fifty eight, three eleven, four twenty three slash line over the past month. That's what that's what he has. That's who he is. What he was. He had, the other stuff wasn't wasn't who he is. But he's walking a little more now. Not striking out as much. Is uh, showing actually hitting some extra base hits. I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine extra base hits over the past month. Nice. So he's starting to put some more charge into the baseball. And uh, yeah, again, the overall numbers still aren't pretty. When you look at the overall numbers, you're like. Yeah, really. Uh, but so this may be another guy you could buy at a discount because his overall numbers, unless somebody's paying attention to what he's been doing, uh, especially like over the last, his overall numbers this year. Um, See, kill that. Let me kill that filter. But his overall numbers this year still aren't that hot. But, yeah. uh, you look at a 226 average and a 634 OPS, but over, again, if you look at the past, I happen to look at it because I was talking trade and looking for a guy that qualified as second base. And I looked and said, hey, let me, let me see what he's doing. And over the last three weeks, you're like, wow, he's actually been hitting the ball. So if I look and, and take uh, like Father's Day, if I go filter Father's Day to uh, to today mm-hmm. uh, with Asdrubal Cabrera, 314, 345, 490. That's over 56 play appearances. Okay. But over the past few weeks, he's, he's hitting the ball. And one, two, – uh, I'm sorry, 1, 2 – what we got here triples a so one two three four five six extra base hits. Oh, nice! Uh, over the past couple of weeks, yes. So he's starting to put a charge into the baseball. If he's uh, starting to sting doubles, it. A triple and
0: a homer. That's that's. I just want a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed from Estudillo Cabrera. And like right. you mentioned, as we've mentioned pretty much throughout the year, both with uh, with you and with Eno, we've been talking about it. That shortstop is such a barren wasteland that you don't need much to be impactful. That's why you know teams that get Carlos Correa. Like you mentioned with Liss and other clubs around uh, your fantasy leagues, that's why they're getting such a boost because they're getting so much more out of shortstop than everybody that doesn't have Hanley, Tullo, or Johnny Peralta, um, and in Brandon Crawford. You know, and then there's a couple others too. It's not every not everyone below that is below average, but the only big impact has been those guys. And then somebody like Correa comes onto the scene and he's been big impact. So you don't necessarily need huge impact, but if you just want some decent work, I agree with you, as Juba Cabrera is someone and I I still think with his baseline number or his full season numbers He's peanuts. I, I still think he's in the peanuts range. Nobody's going to be asking that much unless they're barren at shortstop. But if he's their middle and, and they've got an obvious replacement, I bet you could get as Druba Cabrera if you're hurting at shortstop. Jason, I want to move on and talk about uh, a recent piece that you wrote uh, over at RotoWire. Obviously, we're doing the fan graphs here, but we, we are friendly all around, so we are going to talk a bit about second-half expectations. You recently wrote about this, and we've already hinted at it a little bit with the home run piece but what else did you find when you were looking into that uh, with regards to how well we set second half expectations and what we can really expect to see from guys uh, on the offensive side here? Oh, you did yeah. pitching too. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't scroll down far enough to see that you'd done pitching. So talk to us about the whole scope.
1: Yeah. So I just wanted to say, you know, when people say, how many, how many guys going to get in the second half, you just really, if you're counting on that one guy is going to make your difference for you, understand where things are. So, you know, we talked about, what did we say? 11 guys that have hit 20 home runs. There's about the same number that have driven in 60 in the second half. And some of them are names that you would expect, but there's also, you know, there's also now Alfonso Soriano on there that when he went crazy hitting home runs
0: Dude, I love and then, that.
1: and then a run scored, you, know, you want to, if you're trying to get like 50, 55 runs scored again, 12 dudes, and so the Angel Pagan is one of them. Ricky Weeks was one of them. That chase he in that insane
0: second half
1: was one of them. I was going to say, he's,
0: he's showing up in everything here except for the stolen bases. What, what, what an amazing second half. 55 and 60 for runs and runs batted in doesn't even sound like a lot. And nope. and and that's the thing. I think that's the point you're making. Is like, you know, those are good. Num- I actually, I mean, it is a lot because that's a one. Uh, you're in your mind, you're thinking a 110 and a 120 pace, but that's that's kind of the point here. Is that you're not getting 81 games. No, no chance. No,
1: saying, yeah, yeah. And I was just saying, okay, look for home runs. Take your since we have no Stanton and we have we have no Stanton, we have no
0: Springer, and we and have no and we Buted have no Miguel Biggie. Cabrera. Yeah. Yeah. We have no three of those guys. So honestly, I
1: mean, two of those three were guys that I could say 20 home run locks. Definitely. So if, you were, if you're trying to look for one guy that may hit 20 home runs the rest of the season, maybe Prince Fielder, I don't know. So I in my like piece, that I said, look, 15. Put 15 as your baseline and everything else above that is gravy. Because again, we only have 11 guys that have 20 right now. So if you want to do the old lazy rule of thumb and just double that, even though it's fewer games, uh, you know, it's 11 guys. Uh, for that. So I would and, saying, yeah, look, and that's and that'd 15, be lucky. Yeah, and count of fifteen and everything else is gravy. For for runs driven in, forty five. Because again, trying to get to the sixty plateau, ten dudes. Uh runs scored, again, five say right, same thing about forty five or fifty. And uh don't get don't get greedy about that with stolen bases. It's tough to get to just twenty
0: See, these days. The, the 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 you did the cutoff at twenty five it looks like here. And what is there got uh, 12 guys here maybe i would have thought if you'd said how many have done 25 plus i would have gone super high again like i did with the homers but i even even with the knowledge of the homers i still would have gone high because i would have thought oh well stolen bases definitely a lot of guys getting 25 and you've got four eight, 11 guys
1: and here's the thing I mentioned in the piece. This year, pitchers and catchers are doing a better job of controlling the running game. 30% league wide caught stealing. It's wow. the highest it's been in six
0: seasons. So that's even going to mute it more. Geez. Okay. Very enlightening. And then so 350 batting average. Obviously, it, so there's more guys here, but the. the yeah,
1: they're surprised that Chris Cogland that one yeah. year.
0: But, but I mean, the trickier guys, part is. Hitters hit. It's a hot streak though, and, and how are you going to be able to bank? You, you know, you, you're, I'm never looking at somebody saying I'm going to get 350 from him. By the way, you pointed out that uh, Scooter Jeanette hit 350 down the stretch a couple years ago, and it's like, you know, that comes out of nowhere. So, uh, and you even you even pointed out, nearly impossible to predict. Uh, so you can be even less, even though there's more guys here, there are some some crazy names that kind of but jump I mentioned, out.
1: I mentioned some names. I mean, I, usually when I'm trying to find something, I'll go to the, the last 30 days, find dudes that are in severe slumps heading mm-hmm. into the All-Star break. And like right now, Matt Carpenter's not hitting well. Carlos Santana's not hitting well. Uh, Josh Peterson's cooled off a little bit. Bigger, so yeah. you know, guys, that you know, these are bigger names, but even lesser names. We, we talked about Melvin Upton earlier, but I'm not still are going to Ian Desmond. We've talked about Steven Souza Jr., cannot possibly be any colder than he is right now. He's something Got a like little bit of a hand.
0: Well, what's yeah, up with the hand?
1: Uh, they said day to day but he got hit some of the raise that means probably means amputation um, <laughs> so he is but he's like two for his last 30 with 20 strikeouts I mean can he get any colder than that no. no is he gonna hit 350 the rest of the year no but this is rock bottom value for him so in counting categories he's already a double double player he's got 10 steals he's got the he's got 15 home runs now because of all things in in the midst of an over 26 slump with like 18 strikeouts he home he homered off Dylan Batanzas. On which July 4th.
0: Hilarious, by the way. Which is like the
1: – ultimate. it's probably my favorite you-can't-predict baseball moment of the season.
0: Right? Absolutely. Because
1: Vatantos had not allowed a home run. He strikes out everyone he faces, and he gives up a home run to Steven Sousa on a hang-and-breakable. Um, but then just the other stuff, like the wins. I counted uh, like 12 dudes that had double-digit wins.
0: Yeah, I was going to say. Do you think – You have 15
1: wins. starts. Yeah, 15 starts. i got to win two of every three games they pitch.
0: That's a lot.
1: That's a lot, so yeah, it's pretty easy to figure out who to target for that. Yeah. Uh, and saves, that's—I mean, the thing is, anybody can get saves, and there's a lot of dudes that have had 20 saves in the second half. There's a lot. It's just that the- my, what I stressed in, in the write-up for that particular piece said, look, you got to act now. <laughs> if yep. you're if you're 15 saves back now, you need to get you need to trade for a closer now.
0: And it doesn't matter. Otherwise,
1: who- you're not making up that gap. Whoever's got a job, go get them.
0: Yeah, you, uh, you know, you, you, you and,
1: and that's and it.
0: Just get guys.
1: Go get dudes who close. I mean, the bet thats really the best thing I can do—is strikeouts. and I mean, 100 plus strikeouts. A lot of dudes can get strikeouts. Um, and I think it's—I think in it's September, as rosters expand and we get worse hitters up here, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff happens. And then the same thing with the ratios. A lot of—a lot of names come out of nowhere, like the, the year Ted Lilly. I
0: know yes. Ted
1: Lilly was on one of these lists. I'm like, what? WHIP or something? I've never seen his name come so, so, up as so, I was doing something. He was, was on like, the
0: strike He was on the strikeouts me? and the, on the whip. strikeouts.
1: 101 and WHIP. Yeah, 0.992 one year. So, you know, guys like that, it's a little easier to find pitching. But I, th- is, uh, I can't stress enough with these counting categories and hitting Man, Go address, look at your gaps now. That, you know, the, the all-star break sucks because it's four games without baseball. I don't think – I think everybody has four days off now.
0: Finally. Remember when it used to not be? As oh, much as I hate another day off – I, I, I couldn't believe the inequity of only some teams coming back. How was that a thing for and they don't so have like, long? They
1: don't have like three teams that would play. Yeah, uh, like you know, three games on three that games. Thursday.
0: Six, these six teams are all like, wait, what?
1: Yeah, so you have four you have four days off to uh, to do something. It's a nightmare. Yeah, and, but just check your numbers, see where you're at, and be, and be more realistic with your things. If you're counting on 20 homers or 50 55 RBIs from dudes and 25 steals. I strongly suggest you re, uh, readjust your expectations.
0: It, it's really eye-opening, and, 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 but on the positive end, if you need pitching, it can still be done. So if you're one of these teams that has a, a big split, and unfortunately I've got this in a couple of no-trade leagues, both of my NFBC, at least I don't write a, a, a giant book about pitching every year because I've got 60 points of hitting and 20 points of pitching, but those are the two draft oh. and hold leagues, so I can't do anything about it. A lot of it is ravaged with injuries. I got Stroman on both of those. Uh, I have Lame Green on on both of those. So uh, that, that's not an injury. That was suckiness. But the Stroman injury really hurt. So, um, but it, there are a couple leagues where I have some uh, inequity as well, where I can make up pitching. And this was this was heartening that if you do need to make up pitching, you're you're going to have a good chance of doing it, especially if it's not wins. If you're not trying to chase down stupid wins, which we don't like to chase wins ever. Um, as Mike Ciano and Corey Schwartz like to say and I totally agree with them but ERA whip strikeouts saves if these are the things you need you can go out and attack them and use those four days to do it I mean this should be fun like I said winning a league is tough but it's a lot of fun too that's the whole fun of playing and so if you want to do that uh use those four days when nothing's going on and everyone's got kind of no baseball so they'll be they should be interested in talking trade. I know that when, uh, you know, I try, I try to be good about responding to the deals, and sometimes I fail. I will freely admit that, but I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good at, at least saying something. But when it comes to the, the deadline, or excuse me, the All Star break time, if I get a trade offer, you're probably going to get a response in like 20 minutes, either with an acceptance or ex- expounding on what I need or a counter. I'm thirsty. I'm so thirsty for baseball during those four days. So, yeah, should be able, be able to definitely get deals done.
1: I know I've talked to dudes that have – like they have a, a, a midseason meeting. And oh, yeah. uh, they'll cool. – like during the All-Star break, and they'll like either watch the All-Star game in the Home Run Derby, and then many of them get together as they possibly can and and put that together. I, 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 I tweeted out the Adam Lind thing while we were recording, and somebody's like, yeah, but look at Marco Estrada. I'm like, you know, it actually worked out for both teams. No, I, and Marco Estrada is pitching out of his – Right
0: now. Yeah, when, when you brought up Estrada earlier, I was actually going to make a, a point that it was a win-win deal. So I was actually going to incidentally get us on to talking about uh, Lind earlier than you did, and, and then you brought up Lind, and I still didn't say it. So yeah, I, I, I wanted to point out, yeah, that trade's actually worked out pretty well, and it looked a little one-sided early on because Lind was in there crushing for, uh, for, for Milwaukee, and Estrada was in the bullpen. And it was like, oh, you know, and he was pitching fine, but, you know, he was just in the bullpen for the first month of the season. Now he's been – as a starter, he's been doing pretty well. His most recent start before today wasn't too good, but today on his birthday, he was all right against the Tigers. I didn't get to watch too much of it once they were – once the beginning happened and Verlander gave up those six. Uh, it was time to go do some tasks with the girlfriend. We went to the mall. Uh, you know. Uh,
1: speaking of somebody who needs to go to the disabled list, can, some, can Mickey take Verlander with him?
0: Dude. Dude.
1: Holy cow.
0: Dude.
1: Kate Ono has killed that situation.
0: Not good. It's not good. She has rihanna the hell out of that Matt Kemp. Um, what is going on? I mean, yeah, if, if, Rihanna's if, now off the
1: hook. Rihanna's now off the Rihanna's hook. Rihanna's
0: like, yeah, even Rihanna's throwing shade like, dang, I, I didn't even do that. At least Kemp's <laughs> back. Um, you uh, know. It was brutal. Five innings, seven runs, seven hits, two walks, five strikeouts, two homers. Uh, you know, Bautista and Smoke taking a yard. Nothing really wrong with it. I mean, I know Smoke's not great, but he's a, a power hit. Actually, he's been great this year, 50, 521 slug. So n- neither of those are – at least it wasn't a Sam fold, but but it's just not been good. And it it reminds me of the Verlander before he became the god uh, when, when – You know, remember? So he he hit he hit the scene, wins rookie of the year, uh, was good again that next year, 2007, 18 and six record as kind of the the leader of that rotation, 202 innings. And yes, I cited the win loss record because it was so stark uh, and and so good. And he he didn't fully support that with like some massive ERA, but he he was good. And it looked like he was about to take off. And, and then, age 24 season, he had a 484 ERA. He was 11 and 17 in 201 innings for Verlander, a 1 9 strikeout to walk ratio. He looks a lot like that 2008 guy. Uh, And that's not a good thing, obviously. Guys can stay in at bats on him and just foul balls off left and right. Uh, And it was so, so aggravating watching him, like so unbelievably aggravating. And so uh, that's where we're at right now with Verlander. And it's it's a real bummer. I, I will say there was one decent aspect to today's game. His stuff looked crisp uh here and there in very little spurts i'm talking you know three pitches in a row here, five All pitches right. in a row here, and a ten percent swinging strike rate. He was getting some swings and misses so you know there there were little sides but again, it smacks so much of two thousand eight because i would i would if i'd have done a podcast in two thousand and eight i'd have been saying the same thing so I don't have a lot of hope for the rest of this year with Verlander. I think he'll have good starts here and there, but then he'll continue to throw that four innings, seven runs on you, uh, five innings, six runs. Those sta- those starts will continue to be there, and they'll just really disappoint you. About the only way that I'd be going out and acquiring him right now is in the AL only in the situation that you were talking about earlier where if you're just going out to try to get Ks. They haven't been there in every one of his starts, but if you want to try to get some cheap Ks, um, in an AL only, maybe I would buy Verlander there, but that it would have to be an extreme situation. Here's,
1: the, I mean, the thing on, on Verlander. He's still one of my favorite baseball uh, memories was when he was in the minors. We drove down. And I remember vividly it was Memorial Day, whatever year he, the year he got called up. So we we drove down to Lakeland. He was pitching. I don't remember who he was pitching against, but we got seats second row behind home plate. Oh, wow. uh, right behind a scout that was sitting there. Okay. And there was three of us. Brian Drew and I went, uh, went down to watch this. And one of them had Verlander. And the other one was they were talking deal. So like, you know what? Let's go watch him pitch. And honestly, down to, when you sit there in the minors that close to the field, you can hear the ball sizzle. Oh, I and bet. And with him, mm-hmm, I mean, you could just hear it. It sounded like an express train coming. <laughs> and, and the movement was sick. And I th- and what, he pitched seven innings and he gave up nine hits. But I swear to you, only one was anything decent contact. The rest of them were like jam shots that were just falling. Like every one of them would just fall right into like an infield single or the infield. The infielders were playing up and it would just bloop over their head or they were playing back and it would fall. It was like one of these things where eight of of the worst luck hits you've ever seen. But the one guy that got a hard hit, I I, I almost swear he asked for the baseball. Like, yeah, I want that. That, that, That's it. But it was amazing. And and these guys, uh, Brian. And Drew made the deal right there in the stands after watching this guy pitch. But it was the only other time I've ever seen a guy I've sat in the minor leagues and watched a guy pitch like that was Kelvin Mascobar when he was pitching for Toronto. I got down second row behind uh, in Dunedin. Oh, man, you could hear that thing just sizzle and pop. And I love Kelvin Mascobar before he started I breaking it. down. I, I, but that Verlander thing was so much fun. We got sunburned like you wouldn't believe, but it was so worth it.
0: I love stories like that. Uh, that 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 is awesome. Yeah, 2005, he did get called up for a little bit, and then 2006, that that dream that dream season that uh, it didn't end as well as I wanted it to with a World Series victory for them, but what an amazing year after so many years of futility. I want to pivot one more here, uh, and we're bumping up against it. Probably got to get out of here. But one more guy I want to talk about because he's 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 in the midst of pitching right now, and it's Jordan Zimmerman. He's thrown seven uh, six strong so far. It looks like uh, from the box score. I'm not obviously not watching the game. Six innings, three run. Uh, excuse me, six innings, three hits, one run, seven strikeouts, one walk. And now this is several good starts in a row for Zimmerman. Uh, the two starts before this, both against Atlanta, but. They're actually capable against righties. They're not good. They're capable, and he has 15 and two-thirds shutout innings against them. And then the start before that against your Rays, uh, seven innings, three runs, uh, with eight strikeouts as well. So this is you know, in, them. unless this melts down. We're talking four good starts in a row. Uh, if he continues, you know, going maybe another. Uh, maybe maybe two innings if possible. I, I, don't, I don't even know if it's possible, but I was going to make the case that he could actually get below three today. He's at a 3.07 ERA for Zimmerman, but he's at 91 pitches, so he's not going to throw two more innings. Great ERA. Everything's looking good. Where are you at with him right now, though, because we got seven strikeouts here. I told you about eight strikeouts against your Rays, but the overall strikeout rate has been pretty blah. Is this yeah, just I mean, a return?
1: Thing here? I mean, with... what I'm looking at, though – First thirteen starts, he had six or more strikeouts three times. He's done that in three of his last four
0: starts, though. Exactly. That's uh, it, it's 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 turning. I think everything yes. is turning here, and it's looking like uh, you missed your buy low opportunity. And it's so weird. Like we talk about these buy lows on certain guys, and sometimes instead of you know realizing that it is a buy low opportunity, we just pull, pull out these. And I'm saying we as a fantasy community, like point out these flaws instead of why 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 they're done. You know, oh, well, he was never a big strikeout guy anyway, and, you know, uh, the, the, unless he's getting major ground balls, it's just not going to work out. You know, I heard some pretty negative stuff about Jordan Zimmerman when he was toting a, a four-something ERA and then a, and then a high threes for a little bit, and then all of a sudden we look up and, he, and he's knocking on the door of a sub-three. It seems because that's who he is. Uh, oh. Now, the, the only difference here is... Are the K's going to continue to move up and 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 be closer to last year's 8.2, uh, or is he going to kind of stay in this six and a half seven range because that's where he was beforehand? I tend to right. agree with you. I think they're going to go back up.
1: Marlins have gotten worse.
0: No, oh, stand.
1: yeah, you know, Marlins have gotten worse. The Phillies are about to get worse. I mean, it's, right now it's Mike Alfranco and a bunch of clowns. Uh, and they're going to make they're going to be making their deals and basically auditioning for the next couple of years. So that team's going to get worse. The Braves are already the Braves. So there's three bad. There's three teams right there. He's already pitched because the Braves four times this year, and oh, he's wow. he's got six, seven, three, and two well, strikeouts against them. That kind was of one weird, of the reasons. out.
0: I loved, uh, his, yeah, so you know,
1: I loved him and all the Mets pitchers for this reason. Yes, Atlanta and,
0: and Philly for those two teams, and even even Miami. You know, I, I bumped. I I didn't think Miami was going to be great this year. But I thought they were going to be solid uh not right. awful and so i bumped up even their guys even kind of their back end you know a late nl guy that i got was a tom kohler and and, and he's surprising and, and a lot of it was on the strength of the fact that they're going to be playing atlanta and philly a whole bunch speaking of philly though and we'll, we'll pivot away from zimmerman and we'll finish with this guy because Eno and i have spoke extensively about him so i'm going to kind of lay out and let you go on him what do you think of michael franco because i'm falling in love with this dude he's amazing and uh i'm wondering how real do you think this is and could He'd be one of those second half, you know, just explosion guys who keeps what he's done so far going and then he ends up on your list next year when you do the second half uh, you know, homers and, and RBIs and, and he starts popping up on those lists. Where are you at on Mike Calfranco?
1: I mean, I don't know if we talked about him last Sunday when I was recording when we were recording from Philadelphia, because I had just come from the game. But I mean, I mean it was fun. Watching. He was the only dude, he was the only guy on the field worth watching. But you know, when you look at last year statistically, people were down on it because the minor league number he had a sub-300 OBP last year. He did have 53 extra base hits, but he struck out. You know, didn't walk that much, struck That's out 81 tough. times. Uh, but the power, I mean, again, 53 extra base hits. So was exactly. still there. And he had 17 in the minors this year before they called him up when he was killing the ball down there. And right now over the past month, he's got a better weighted on base average than Mike freaking Trout. Jeez. That's where his numbers are. And he's got 24 extra – I presume he's already at, what is it, 6'17", 24. So he's at 41 extra
0: base hits he's already. He's been out of his mind. He's been, this uh, year? Franco's been out of his mind. And, and you know what I love? Listen.
1: And
0: he's 22. The stat guys love guys who take walks, and this isn't this isn't Franco. But he doesn't strike out either at right. all. 14% strikeout rate. I love that for the batting average piece here. The dude is just making contact, and as you talked about, his contact is is – just rockets that's all that's all he does is rockets look like like even when he struggled last year in AAA as a 21 year old mind you very young um even when he was struggling there at least when he was making contact it was excellent contact I've really kind of turned a corner on this guy I I, I'm I'm buying in here as as something pretty substantial right away um
1: he's 20 he's 22 he turned 23 in late August. Again, that's the age of most dudes are in high A ball, and he's doing this at the. I mean, I, like Manny Machado. And although Manny Machado, the stolen base thing, is completely blowing me away this year. But this is kind of you know everybody's making the big deal about Machado with the plate. This is basically Machado without stolen bases.
0: Speaking of Machado, no, we we, we got to wrap it up. Uh, but Machado, <laughs> Machado's been excellent. He uh, made me look bad. That was
1: one of my bad calls. I never ever saw this coming from him this year.
0: No, I did not. The not the running.
1: Even the the, the the stick is the stick. Yeah. And you figure he could ele- maybe if he got some elevation into his balls, some of those doubles would become home runs. But the stolen bases are completely surprising me.
0: Elevation in his balls. Um, <laughs> I, I I like I like Machado, and, I, and I, I totally agree with you though. Did not see the speed. I just didn't think that they would be wanting him running at all. You know, with the, with the injuries that he's had, I figured they say. You got a yellow light at best, maybe a red light. Just go out there and swing the stick. And so I, I you know, I got him in, in two different leagues. Very pleased with what he's been doing. He's been amazing, uh, Manny Machado. There. So let's go ahead and get out of here, Jason. And we'll call it a weekend. We'll be back in a week to talk more. Uh, until then, take care. Are right, you too, bud. Bye.